Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. It's time once again for the latest edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, a fast-paced program that features Mother answering classic questions from all our Catholic family over the years from her great live shows of the 80s and 90s. And, of course, joining me on set on this show is our own Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at EWTN, and I'm Doug Keck. Pleasure to be with you, Father, as always. Good to be with you, Doug. And, you know, we have really been blessed here at EWTN and being associated for so many years to know so many saints, really. You think of Father Groeschel, Father Apostoli, Father Pablo Straub, Mother Angelica, and so many people that have passed through here that uh, just really were saintly good examples to us. Right. Recently, of course, we lost uh, Alice von Hildebrand, who mm-hmm. kind of fits into that category. And uh, I always thought uh, Father Thomas Dubay was Definitely. right up there, too, as mm-hmm. uh, uh, a saintly soul, or uh, as he used to call himself, a vagabond for Christ. I always thought that was <laughs> a great way, because he was always on the road. But mm-hmm. exactly. Now, in this particular uh, episode, we have uh, a caller coming in who wants to uh, not get a hug, but uh, wants to give a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this caller definitely was having a troubled situation. And Mother said if she could, she would love to give her a hug. And, you know, the thing that we think about the sexual revolution, right? And it was supposedly to lead to this liberation and this freedom. But it's been most harmful as we see in this caller, to women and to children because it teaches men to be irresponsible and it teaches them just to have no concern for their offspring, for example. Well, marriage is this sacrament that gives graces and helps the couple to grow and men and women both to grow in this maturity and self-giving love that they're called to. Right, absolutely. And as you recount, and of course, mothers reaching out to this person who's, uh, you know, thought they were doing okay, uh, living together, etc. And the children, mm-hmm. suddenly somebody decides, well, maybe I don't want to get married. And and I thought she has a great line in here, something you wouldn't probably hear a lot of people say today in the sense of, of, of leaving the relationship mm-hmm. and kind of saying, you know, yeah. well, what's more important? the relationship or your soul. Exactly. you got to get back to the, the basics. You know, if we're right with God, then other relationships are going to get right too. So that's the thing. If we're in such a relationship that it's only leading to our downfall, well, getting ourselves right with God is probably going to improve that other relationship too. Absolutely. Let's see exactly what Mother had to say. Wish I could give you a hug. We have a call. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? I'm calling from Chicago. And what is your question? Um, well, I, my fiancé and I have been living together for the last four years, and we didn't do it intentionally to just to live together. It was kind of a thing we were going to eventually get married, and I didn't think at the time that I would be able to ever have children, but that kind of changed after about a year of being together, and now we've he's two, and now I have another one on the way, and... Now my fiancé has kind of changed his mind about getting married right now. And I feel so bad about it, but I didn't do it deliberately. 
you know, to hurt our Lord or anything like that, but it was just, I was thinking of myself at the time and nobody else. And I have gone to church, but no priest will listen to me. Well, sweetheart, you made a mistake, see? I know we didn't want to, but you know, you're suffering the consequences of this now, you see? And, and the consequences are there because, I hate to say this, but men so often, we had one the other night said the same thing. He doesn't want to get married. Why does he want to get married? He's got everything he wants. But you see, honey, you cannot longer live with this man. You can't live like you're a married woman when you're not. Because it's bothering you. You see what it's doing to you, sweetheart? And, and you got to really stop this relationship. See, it's hard saying this, huh? You know, you, you can't compromise. See, you're, you're all torn up inside because you understand now after all these years and three, two children, one on the way. So you have to, you can't constantly say no to God. You have to start saying yes to God. See, you'd be better to live by, you're the one that's making the money. Be better to keep your job. You say, well, it's terrible to leave him. Is it not better to leave someone than to lose your soul? I don't think your intention was to hurt God. But you hurt God, you see. I wish I could have you right here and give you a big hug and dry your tears. I wish I wasn't <clears throat> so far away. I wish I could just give you a hug. Maybe somehow through God's grace you'll feel that hug. But the hug I would like to give you is to assure you that God will forgive and forget. You owe that to your children. This man is wavering. And if he loves you, marriage should not be a hard thing. And maybe that's what you're not able to face. Huh? You've loved him and you've been sincere and you've given him everything you have. It's time now to stop. It's time to say, I've had enough. I'm not going to offend God. I'm not going to offend this temple of the Lord. I'm not going to offend my children. Your children deserve that you brought them into the world. An example of love, purity, goodness, charity, and a, an example of God. There's no other words I can tell you. And that's why I wish I could just give you a hug and assure you of his love and his compassion. But number one, you need to go to confession. Number two, you need to end this relationship or get married. If he doesn't want that, show him the door. You must, if you're going to give yourself to anyone, do it in the sacrament 
of marriage. You are already the breadwinner. The Lord will bless you and maybe wake him up. Men have a, a terrible habit of taking advantage of weak women. Be strong. Ask Jesus to help you. And he will. I will pray for you and your husband. Well, not really husband. Hopeful husband. Don't wait too long. Get your soul in order. We never know when the Lord will come. Let's be ready. And moving ahead, we have another call from Mother Angelica entitled, Don't Take the Wide Road. And again, this is one of those things where a person uh, is talking about their children going to Catholic school all mm -hmm. these years, but did it really matter? Yeah, it was kind of a troubled time there in the 60s and the 70s, a uh, time between catechisms, as it were. And thankfully, I think Mother's referring here to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, we have this wonderful resource, 2,000 years of growing in the understanding of the gospel and how the church has understood that, and theologians and saints have lived it out. So what a resource, what a wonderful resource we have, and uh, we should take advantage of that. Right. What struck me uh, in, in the call on this one, which we'll hear, is she, she talks about the her children and the idea that they said ultimately what i remembered is what you personally mm -hmm. taught me and now we yeah. reminds us about example but it also i think it reminds us a lot about what we're dealing with today and why ew10 is there mm -hmm. is you know how many people i'm sure have told you that they've learned more yes. and learned to love their faith more mm -hmm. because of watching mother angelica and ew10 over the years than they ever got from mm -hmm. not to denigrate it 12 mm -hmm. years of catholic education right that's what we're here for, right? To supplement what the parish is doing and the schools are doing and to fill in any gaps that might be there and hopefully to bring people the best teachers and instructors to help us all to grow. I listen right. to EWTN most every day because I'm still clarifying things and modern things that are coming up, issues to be able to address those clearly. Father Joseph, definitely on the narrow road. Let's see what Mother has to say. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. I'm Eleanor, and I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. I, oh, I can't believe after two years, I finally I'm got to I'm Rome. sorry, Mother. You I got perseverance, I tell you. <laughs> oh, yes, I learned it. Uh, Mother, um, disappointments, uh, I have four children. They were between 1960 one and 68 i moved between three countries and by the time my children were born in the set they went to school in the 70s and i was getting very confused because i was converted when i was 12 just me so there was nobody else in my family and i thought well i'm so confused i don't know if i'm doing right i'm going to entrust these children to the church I know. and this is what I did. I want them to have the best. I want them to have what, have what I had. But I was getting confused with what yeah. was going on. So I asked, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a very good job. I was able to work the midnight shift. So I was home with my children during the daytime. And so I was involved in the school, but we were not allowed to interfere with their religious education. 
My sons were all the boys, and they all had First Communion confirmation. And I'm, now I'm realizing my children did not get anything. They went to the best schools that I could afford. Yeah. And Mother, the disappointment I is so painful. It's now yeah. my children are telling me the only thing they remember is what I taught them. Well, isn't that wonderful, though? You see, the fact that you taught them is what they remember. And I would get this catechism. Don't be disheartened. There's no time to be disheartened. There's no time. The church is beginning to turn around. I know my liberal brother's having a fit at this point. But <laughs> I hate to tell you, or I'm very happy to tell you, that the church is turning around. More and more parishes, more and more people are really not only willing to fight for their faith, and, but persevere in the faith. They know their faith is here. The church is strong. The real church is strong without confusion. This catechism is the will of God for every Catholic in the world. If you don't accept it, well, everybody goes where he wills. And don't go with them if they're not on the right track. Remember what our Lord said? The way to heaven is narrow, narrow. Please don't follow the wide road, either on a religious level or a secular level. It leads to one place, and that's not a place you ever want to go. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Keck, your co-host, along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at EWTN. And uh, Father, Mother Angelica has got another call uh, from someone concerned about their kids being on the right path. Mm-hmm. And parents, of course, as the church teachers, are the primary educators of their children. If the faith is important to the parents, it will be important to the children. And I think it's important, too. I remember my time up at the shrine, and there'd be families that would bring their children there for a holy hour. Well, they didn't necessarily understand completely, and yet there was this experience of prayer. Well, that stays with them. And I often say also to parents who have teens, Take them to some place like a shrine or a youth event because the Lord can often deeply touch them in those mm-hmm. places and it will stay with them. And, and again, what's great about a shrine and things like that is the beauty. Mm-hmm. It's you know, We live in a very crass world right. with a lot of horrible imagery and things that pass as being beautiful, which mm-hmm. aren't. And, and to see these is great, you know, like the shrine, Mother's, Mother's right. Shrine. Uh, or the great works in Rome, et cetera, the, these beautiful uh, people reaching up to, to mm-hmm. God and, you know, and the beauty of the world as reflected in the church. And, and you think about the fact that that's important for people to realize that, that as Mother mm-hmm. talks about, you need to have hope, and, and the hope is not found in the world. Yes, and I think, too, you know, like the World Youth Days that we've covered over the years, that they see other young people that are strong in their faith. And it's something that builds up their faith, that this is not something odd, right? But that I can be, 
you know, with other young people and believing in God and loving God. Right, and and Mother really talks about that central idea of a family praying together, as that famous saying goes. Let's see what Mother Angelica had to say. Of how do I put my kids on the right path? We have a call. Hello. Hello, Mother Angelica. Yeah, where are you from? Uh, we're from New York. Great. Uh, we love your show and continue the great work. Thank you. Uh, Mother Angelica, um, you know, my wife and I, uh, we have three children, and we have uh, one on the way in June. Praise and uh, we're just wondering, you know, what, you c- what advice you can maybe give us. Um, you know, when my wife and I grew up, the world was a much different place. Uh, mm. You know, there were a lot of family-oriented things going on and, and values and what have you. Um, and it just seems as the world has progressed, it's, it's much more difficult now, I think, than ever to try and raise your children properly. And uh, I just was wondering what type of advice you can give us, because I am very concerned um, with what we can do to really try and put them in the right direction, and not only our children, but parents of other children, because I feel uh, it's so important because they're the future of our country and, and of our world. How old are your children? Um, one is eight. One is going to be seven, three, and the baby coming in June. Praise and, God. Uh, like I say, I'm just very concerned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I know when I was a kid that, you know, we could watch a lot of good family-oriented programs on TV, and you could leave your house opened and your car opened, and you didn't have to worry anything. And, you know, there's all these drive-by shootings, and, and the list goes on and on with the drug problems and what mm-hmm. have you. And uh, what can we do? I mean, uh, until the Lord comes and, and changes it around and puts this world straight, what can uh, my wife and I and all of us uh, other parents out there, what can we do to uh, contribute to, you know, trying to make our young people grow up and, uh, and do well? Well, I, th- I think it's, it's, a, it's a process. First of all, you have to be those loving parents that your children need to have amidst children who have no parents at all or parents who don't care. I think you have to raise them in the faith. I know you can no longer depend upon sister so-and-so because sister so-and-so isn't there. Uh, you, you need to take that responsibility fully upon yourself. You and your family need to pray together. For the simple reason that when children learn to pray young, they continue to pray when they get older. And you be a yeast. See, I think what happens among those who, like yourself, uh, you, you forget that your duty in today's world is to be a yeast in this sourdough that is the world today. We have to have a new dough and a, a new yeast. And the Lord will provide this new dough. But in the meantime, you have to give example of being loving, caring parents. And if you go to any school, private or public school, where your children are not taught good morals, then have homeschool. If they're not taught the right catechism, you teach them the catechism. And, and I think you have to take this very seriously, but let your, never allow you, your wife, or your children lose hope. You see, Christians today have to have Christian hope. That hope is not centered in the world. The world has fallen apart. You have to have your hope in the Lord. 
that even though everything seems so terrible, it's in his hands. And if it's in his hands, we do what we can with those around us in our neighborhood. We, we pray. See, the, Our Lady keeps saying over and over and over since 1917, pray the rosary, pray the rosary. We're all so sophisticated today. Then we have the slightest idea that a little rosary could change the world. And closing out uh, this program for this week is a caller entitled The Benefit of Prayer. And it's interesting, Father, mm -hmm. because it, it has to do with someone calling in relation to the 12-step programs. Right. And in one of the important steps, as that is brought out here, is that turning to God in prayer, that we really do need divine help in this life. We really can't make it, and, and at least not well, without the grace of God. And Mother talks about the rosary here. You know, in Luke's Gospel, he talks about Mary keeping these things in her heart. And that's really what we're doing with praying the rosary. We're keeping these things of, of her Son, of Jesus, in our heart. And that light is dispelling the darkness. So that's why prayer is so important, that it dispels the darkness in our hearts. Right, and, and I think uh, one of the points Mother makes in this as well, because we're always good at making excuses for ourselves and saying, you know, saying to people who she's dealt with before who would say, mm -hmm. well, why aren't you praying the rosary? Well, Father won't let us pray, and, they won't, and yeah. she's like, you know, listen, <laughs> you can pray by yourself in a closet, mm -hmm. and certainly you can pray along with EWTN, which many, many people do. Yeah, and that's really been, uh, in a way, uh, a pleasant surprise how many people have said to me, they pray the family prayer, or they pray the rosary with us, or the daily mass, and we're so happy that we can provide that. Yes, that family prayer has, has been a great success. We thank you for doing that. Let's see what Mother had to say about the benefit of prayer in general. We have another call. Hello? Yes, Mother Angelica. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Indiana. My name is John. And what is your question? Well, I have a comment, and I'd like to, uh, since the program is on despair, I'd like to offer something of an antidote to despair. Good. Uh, this is my 11th year anniversary of sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. Good. And one of the things that I learned through all of the despair prior to my getting into Alcoholics Anonymous and returning to the church was the, the benefit of prayer. Yeah. And I would just like to share for all of those 12-step people out there the 11th step, and I think it says it all, and it is sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And I'll tell you, that's carried me through a lot of times when I could have despaired about sobriety, I could have despaired about my faith, and a whole lot of other things. Right. And one of the things I do remember in all of my travels, you know, a visit to the Sistine Chapel back uh, in the 60s, the painting behind the altar uh, by Michelangelo, in the uh, lower right-hand corner as you face the altar, there is a man sitting, and he is the embodiment of despair. Right. I'll never forget that, and I don't want to feel that way again. God bless you. Well, I thank love your program. You. Thank you. And I'd like to hug that lady from Chicago, too. I understand I what she's going through. I know. I think we all want to hug her. But that's true. You see, without prayer, you can't. And that's why the rosary is so important. And I don't care if you're Catholic or Protestant. I don't care what you are, who you are. You ought to say it. And the reason you ought to say it is because it's a simple, simple prayer, but it's powerful. 
Why is it powerful? God made it so. I don't have to know why. You know, I would think we have to know why. Why this? Why that? Why this? Why? Why? Why you got to know why? Here it is. See how simple that is? Just imagine that if we'd all said this since 1917, none of this would have happened. That terribly simple? Huh? I hope you feel bad, all you Catholics out there. Haven't said a rosary. You don't even know what one looks like anymore. I bet it's somewhere in a in one of your chest of drawers, you know, it's way in the back. Why don't you go get it tonight before you go to bed? See how rusty it is. That woman showed me her rosary it was silver. But it was all tarnished. And she says, oh, I got to clean this. And I said, oh, I know how you can clean it. <laughs> if you'd have been saying it all this time, it wouldn't be tarnished. So I'd like you all to go, all you Catholics out there that haven't said a rosary in years. Don't blame it on your priest because he won't let you say it before Mass, after Mass, or in between. You are, you're deaf and blind. You can't go in your room and say it by yourself. This little thing here, and it's small, huh? Would have saved this whole country from being, and this whole world from being in the rotten shape it's in. But it's not too late. Start. Start tonight. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.